John chapter number 6, John chapter number 6 once again this morning, and we'll look at uh, the miracle of the five loaves and two fishes. Today is sermon number 6 uh, from this passage of Scripture, from this miracle, and uh, I believe there will be a, at least two more uh, messages from this, this series, uh, at least two more, possibly be more than that, but we look forward to seeing uh, what else the Lord has for us uh, from John chapter number 6. We'll begin reading with verse number 5, and we'll read down through verse number 14, as we have been doing each week, uh, and then we'll see what uh, the Lord has for us. And uh, series like this, you, you get so many wonderful truths from one passage of Scripture. It's just a reminder of how deep of a well the Word of God is. For man to say that he's mastered the Scripture, I don't know if greater words of, of a fool have ever been uttered. Uh, of a man to say he's mastered the scripture. And so uh, I, I just, it's just a reminder of how big of a God we have. And this morning, I want you to listen. I know we've been in this series for a little bit, and I believe each and every Sunday there's been some truths that have been a help to us, but I want you to listen uh, this morning because I know these truths uh, will be a reminder to us of how big of a God we have. Christians should not be discouraged. We, we don't have to like what's going on in our world. We should not be discouraged because we have a God who's never changed. God is still on His throne. God is still doing miracles. And God will still work through you and I if we'll make ourselves available to Him. So let's look at verse number 5 of John chapter number 6. And we'll read down through verse number 14. When Jesus then lifted up His eyes and saw a great company come unto Him, He saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather, that, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Verse 13, Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men... When they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that prophet should come into the world. We started this series in, with a message from verse number 5, the phrase, When Jesus then lifted up his eyes. If you recall then from verse number 6, For he himself knew what he would do. We also spent a little bit of time in verse number 9, But what are they among so many? And then uh, there is a lad here. Two weeks ago, a uh, week before Easter, uh, we took our message from verse number 11, and Jesus took the loaves. This morning, I want to draw your attention to verse number 12. In the first phrase of that verse, when they were filled. When they were filled. Friend, aren't you glad that Jesus is enough? Aren't you glad that when you and I met Jesus may not have been on the Damascus Road as the Apostle Paul, but Jesus was enough for our salvation. Friend, you don't need Jesus and the church for salvation. You just need the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You don't need Jesus and your good works for salvation. As a matter of fact, if you're depending on Jesus and your good works, uh, your faith is not in the right place. It is just Jesus. Aren't you thankful that even in 2021, any man that seeks salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, they will find that Jesus is enough. I want to preach this morning from that phrase. The title of the message is that phrase, when they were filled. Father, I pray this morning that you would use your word. Father, I pray the Spirit of God would be real and evident amongst us. May He even now begin to work in our hearts and work in our lives. Father, I pray that as we have experienced your blessings, may we be reminded of some things this morning. Father, may if there's one who's yet to be saved, may they realize that they must put their complete faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. I pray that today would be that day. Father, I pray for your people as uh, we, we go through this life and carry our burdens and, and deal with the, the situations that life hands to us. May we depend on you in a greater way. And Father, if there's one who is yet to surrender themselves to you, may the message today uh, be used in a way that would cause them to put everything on you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we've had several weeks to process this miracle and be reminded of the things that have taken place in this miracle, we've moved down towards the end of the passage of Scripture, and now the lad has already presented the fish and the loaves, and the disciples have, you recall, that they're frantically as certainly looking for something to feed the people as Jesus posed that question. Now Jesus has already blessed the five loaves and two fishes. And may I just remind us very quickly that when God blesses something, it's an evidence that God is blessing something. The people have had the food, distributed them, and aren't you thankful just as a reminder that God used those disciples to be a part of that miracle? And the people have gotten the food, and and now as we saw a couple of weeks ago, they they had it and they ate it, and the the end of verse 11 reminds us they ate as much as they would. That's how I know this was a Baptist meeting because it turned into an all-you-can-eat buffet. And they ate till they were filled. At the beginning of this story, Jesus lifted up his eyes in verse number 5, and he was aware of every need. He was aware of the hunger. He was aware that the people had traveled a great way. This, this was not the day we live in today. There was not the modern conveniences. And he knew that if many went home without food, they would famish in the way. They would, they would fall in the way. And of course, the Lord was aware of every need they had. That was the start of this story. We're getting now, and we have at the start, we have a hungry, weary people now in this story. They are not only not hungry, but the Bible very specifically says they were filled. They were filled, meaning they couldn't eat anymore. Meaning there was nothing else for them to take. We know that there was more that they could have partaken in because the Scripture tells us there was fragments that remained. The Scripture tells us that they would gather up baskets full of leftovers. And so if they had wanted to eat more, they could have. If they had a desire to eat more, they could have. But they were literally filled. It, maybe it was that feeling that you and I have or, 
or, or I'll bring you into this testimony with me. When you push away from the table at Thanksgiving, uh, you're, not even, you're not filled, but you are uncomfortably full. Maybe that is how full they were, but I do believe that there was nobody there that was hungry. This story or this miracle reminds us of something very, very important. Jesus is a need meter. Jesus fills the needs of men. You think you can make that application when it comes to our salvation? Every man is in need of salvation. Every man is in need of forgiveness. Every man is in need to be reconciled to the Father. And the only way that can take place is through the Lord Jesus Christ. I am thankful that when I found Jesus, I found enough for my salvation. I'm thankful that when I found him, I didn't need to add baptism to it. I didn't need to add church membership to it. I didn't need to add good works to it. I found enough in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're saved this morning and you found Jesus Christ, you found enough for salvation. You found enough for your forgiveness of sins. You found enough to keep you saved. You found enough in the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as he was able to meet needs in this day, he's still able to meet needs today. Jesus always meets the need. No man leaves Jesus disappointed. Jesus never encountered a need too great for him to meet. Think about this. We know that this is the miracle of the five loaves and the two fishes, and we know that there are 5,000 men. But may I remind you this morning, submit to you this morning, that if there had been 10,000 men, they all would have left full. If there had been 50,000 men, they all would have left full. If there had been 100,000 there in that crowd today, every single one of them would have left full. And that's a reminder to you and I that Jesus is enough for all. Jesus is enough to fill the needs of men. Notice the text this morning. When they were full. Pay very close attention to the words that are in your Bible. Every word in the Scripture is there on purpose. Every word that is there is there because it is important. I notice when I look at this story, I notice when I look at this verse, that, ver that word when is there, and it's not the word if. It says when they were filled, not if they were filled. There are no what ifs. With the Lord Jesus Christ. When they were filled, when you met Jesus, it wasn't a matter of if you were saved. It's a matter of when you got saved. It's not a matter of if Jesus is enough. It's just a matter of he is enough. There is no question mark there. And friend, you and I can still have our needs met today through the Lord Jesus Christ. The same one who saved you and was enough, is the same one who will sustain you and is enough. We don't need to live today if it's worth serving the Lord Jesus Christ. No, friend, it is worth serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if he can still save men, oh no, that's not the proper attitude to take with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's when he saves those who call on him. There's, it's not the word if, it is the word when. With the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a matter of it will be done. But I submit to you this morning with the thought when they were filled, 
The life after salvation is fulfilling. It's a filled life to be saved. Friend, you're looking at a man today who's saved and not sad about it. I'm saved and I'm not wondering about it. I'm excited to be saved. Friend, as we sang those hymns this morning and you heard the singing this morning about that place called heaven because I'm saved, that means something to me. That's where I'm going. That's where my home is. I'm just a sojourner. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up over there. I want to be faithful to him. He is enough to get me through. This, the life of a saved individual is a fulfilling life. How fulfilling is it? It's a fulfilling life to have my needs met. You know, Jesus is still enough in this world to have your needs met. You know, it's a fulfilling thing to serve Him. You know who the most miserable person on this planet today is? Is a saved person who's not serving God. Every time I say that, there's always somebody who says, I am not miserable. <laughs> That's not true. What well, is true? Because we are saved to serve Him. And we ought to be serving him. And can I tell you, when, when, when I finally get the, the day ends later today after teaching Sunday school this morning, preaching this morning, preaching tonight, and when I finally get to the point of I'm going to go to bed this evening, I will be tired. But can I tell you, it is a good feeling to end the Lord's day knowing that you've served him. It is a great life. To get to the end of your life knowing that you spent your days serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's a great fulfilling life. Young people, don't listen to this world and it says give your, 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 your strength and, and give your wisdom to the things of this world. Solomon who had it all said it's nothing but vanity, nothing but vanity. Listen to the testimony of saints of yesteryear and those that even live the day that say the greatest life in the world is using my strength and my wisdom and my days to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a fulfilling life. It is a filling life. Life after salvation is fulfilling because of fellowship. Oh, do you know what it's like to fellowship with the one who not only granted you life, hung every star in space. To think that the King of kings and the Lord of lords would save you, but then fellowship with you. If it's not a humbling thought, it should be a humbling thought. As you know, some of the things that, with my wife's health, that we're dealing with, we were discussing this just, just maybe even yesterday, but within the last couple of days, and we were reminding ourselves that everything's going to be okay, and I made this statement, I can feel His presence. When you are in a valley, or you face a trial, you want to know what the most comforting thing is? When you can feel the presence of the one who controls it all. 
They don't sell that at Walmart. You can't order that on Amazon. You can't get that anywhere but from the one who controls the wind, the one who made the seas. Now, very quickly tonight, I'm quickly, or this morning, I, it's going to be tonight by the time I get to the outline. Let me just mention some truths here about the fact that it is a fulfilling thing to serve the Lord. And by the way, if and all of us can say God's been good, don't be a poor testimony of bad-mouthing. Well, it's, tr- it's hard serving God. No, you want to know what's hard? S- serve sin. That's hard. Well, if I give my life to God, there's going to be sacrifices to make. Oh, no, it's not a sacrifice. It's a willing offering that we make to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You won't hard serve the master of this world. That's hard. It's a fulfilling life. Let me point out a few things this morning. Number one, when they were filled, it proved Jesus increases potential. Let me say that again. When they were filled... It proved Jesus increases potential. Don't let that statement just be one that gives us a little bit of information. They were hungry, now they're full. There's more to it than that. Because you and I must be reminded of how they got full. And the fact that the Scripture declares that we know there were 5,000 men there, plus the women and children, that every single one of them was full... It is a testimony to the fact that Jesus increases the potential. Let's not forget what we started with. We started with five loaves and two fishes. That five loaves and two fishes, as I pointed out in recent weeks, it was it made it as barley loaves. It was, it, was a, it was a common meal. It was what the, 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 the poor people would would have excess of, and they made those barley loaves, and that lad came today with a a lunch that was barely big enough to feed him. And, And Jesus took the lunch of a poor boy, and he fed the multitudes with it, proving that if you give what you have, no matter how meager it is, no matter how ordinary it is, no matter how common it is, if you give it to God, it'll increase its potential. It'll be worth more than when you had it. It'll do more than when you had it. I wish every child of God would listen and and take hold of what I'm saying and what the Scripture is teaching us this morning. You can keep your life and you can make something of it. You can keep what God's given you. And yes, you can have some success and you can have some happiness and you can have some joy, but your life will never be what it could be until you say, Jesus, that's all I have, but you can have it. Until you give the talent you have to the master. Until you give the days you have to the master. Until you give of yourself to the master. Because no matter how common you think you are, because no matter how untalented you may be, if you give yourself to the king of kings, the master of all things, the potential just went up. Oh, one of the things I wish you as the members of Emmanuel Baptist Church could understand the heart of your pastor It's why I plead with you the way I plead with you. It's why I I preach to the young people the way I do. It's why why I, I do some of the things I do because God gives the pastor a little bit of an insight of the potential of each individual of what they can be and do for God. 
And if our, our young people will continue to give what they have to God, they will t- God will take it and increase the potential. You think of those who've made a great difference for the cause of Christ. They were ordinary. They were common. They weren't supernatural. But once they surrendered their heart and their life to, to God, He took it and He elevated it. And He raised this potential. Hey, Sunday school teacher, you're not just a babysitter at 9.30 in the morning. You have the potential to influence somebody for Christ. You have the potential to to be an instrument that God uses to to work in the heart of a little child, a little boy, a little girl, and get them to believe that God could use them. It's the potential that he raises. When I think of a missionary, we support missionary Keith Shoemaker. And oh, what a, what a, what a, what a, and if you don't pray for our missionaries, you've got to pray for our missionaries. God is using him in a great way. And what he's doing in Africa and the, and, and the number of churches that are being started and the, and the, and the hundreds that are coming to Christ. Boy, I don't know if you remember when he came through and conversations you had with him, one of the most humble Simple man you'll ever talk to. And that's not a derogatory statement about him. It's actually a great compliment to him. But he's evidence of a man who'll just say, God, I don't have a whole lot. And in Africa, you don't have a whole lot. And watching what God does and raises the potential. Raises the potential. And I think God has given us just a glimpse in recent days. You say, Pastor, uh, we, we, we don't have the crowds that perhaps some other groups have. And, and we're just a, just a group of humble people. We don't, we don't have any great millionaires or great wealth. What is God? We give it to Him and He raises the potential of what could be done. Number two, when they were filled, it proved that Jesus exceeds expectations. Have you ever thought, I guess I could just stop right there, but have you ever thought about what might have been going through the minds of those disciples? When we started this series, we spent a little bit of time when Jesus saying unto Philip, how will I feed all these people? And Philip, oh, what he must have thought. The Lord just delegated this to me. Why did he pick me? Why was I standing there? And the fact that they, humanly speaking, were looking for a way to meet those needs. And they found the lunch of that little lad and they brought it to the Lord and said, we've got five loaves and two fishes. There's a lad here. This is what he's got. And the scripture tells us, we preached it on two weeks ago, Jesus took it. Have you thought about what must have been going through their mind? What is he doing? What is he going to do? Maybe one of the disciples thought he was going to bless it and give it back to the lad. Certainly, having a little knowledge and understanding of the way preachers think. If there's 12 there, there had to be one who thought, he's blessing that so he can give it to us. Because we need to eat so that we can care for all of these people. And perhaps there were some, maybe, I don't know, Thomas, who was just putting a question mark on the whole thing. What is he doing? And let's let's not look at the disciples with too critical of a spirit because 
We all fit right in there. But I wonder if there are some who just were surprised and shocked at what he's going to do. Maybe one thought, well, he's going to just, he's going to bless that and, and he can increase it and he's going to at least make sure the children eat. Because that's what I would do. I'd make sure at least the children weren't hungry. I would submit to you, though, this morning that they probably had no idea what he was going to do. Now, bear in mind, they had seen him do miracles. But they were still limited in their mind about what God could do. What he was about to do was beyond human ability and comprehension. Humanly speaking, there's no way five loaves and two fishes can feed 5,000 people. Sometimes don't we do that? You see a young man and young lady surrender life to the Lord and say, there's no way they can do what they've surrendered to. That's because you're thinking through human reasoning and comprehension. Pastor, there's no way, I know you're preaching it, that this city can be reached with the gospel and this, this city that was once alive uh, with, 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 with all kinds of, uh, uh, of churches on fire for the Lord, it can be done again. I just don't see how it could be done. We're falling further and further behind. How can this world be reached with the gospel? Quit thinking through human reasoning and comprehension. Don't forget this. Just because you can't think it doesn't mean God can't do it. Just because you don't think it doesn't mean he can't do it. Maybe a disciple with great faith might have thought that, well, there's going to be enough that everybody gets a little bit. But I would dare say probably not one of them would say, he's about to feed everybody to the point that we're stuffed. What's the point I'm trying to make this morning? The point I'm trying to make this morning is that when you give what you have to the Lord, it exceeds expectations. Not only is Jesus never going to disappoint you, He's going to do more for you than you ever imagined He'd do for you. He's going to give you peace that you never thought you could have. He'll give you joy that you never thought you could have. He'll put a smile on your face that you thought was, was so far away that you could never have again. He exceeds expectations. Friend, we don't need to leave the things of God in this nation today. We need to run to them. We don't, need to, we don't need to legislate Jesus out of the things that we do. We need to turn to Him more and more and more because He will exceed expectations. Hey, Pastor, what are you depending on for God to take care of the needs of this church? I'm depending on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what kind of message are you going to, to preach and what's going to be our, our purpose statement and, and what we do so that we can draw people in and reach people? It has always been Jesus. The message is still Jesus. The message is going to be Jesus, and he will exceed your and my expectation. If you're here this morning and you're saved and you're a child of God and you have some struggles, you have some burdens, and you have some needs, friend, let me just tell you, get all in. Give him every bit of yourself. He will exceed your expectations. But I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Just give it to the Lord. He will not let you down. He will not come up short. His strength won't fail. He will exceed beyond what you ever thought he would do for you. 
we're reminded that when they were filled, he exceeded expectations. Number three, when they were filled, it proved that Jesus included others. I preached an entire message on this. But let me remind you that Jesus could have done this miracle without anybody else. Because he is the Son of God. As he took those five loaves and two fishes and all eyes were on him and they were in the wilderness because Jesus departed to the wilderness and they all went to where he was. And those that could see him, they were witnessing, they were looking at God in the flesh. And Jesus could have, he could have, as I've already mentioned this morning in Sunday school, he could have taken away their hunger and done a miracle supernaturally. But as it was declared to him in verse number 9, that disciple Andrew came back and said, there's a lad here. Jesus already knew that. He knew the heart of the lad. And could you imagine what it must have been like that day for that lad to see everybody eating his lunch? Now, this, this was a long time ago. But little boys are little boys. And they have not changed much through the years. I, at one time, was a little boy. Not just in size, but years, too. And there's some things you just don't do with a little boy. Moms, this isn't a, a, a parroting message, but this will help you. The older he gets, he's not going to be as excited to do what you tell him to do just because they just don't like mom to tell them what to do. But there's just some things you don't say to a boy. You don't say on the playground, you don't go, your mom. At least that's the way it was when I was growing up. And when it comes to lunchtime, don't touch his food. I actually give this advice in my premarital counseling. And they, I think that was my most recent one. They can testify. You're going to take your wife out on a date. It's part of my counseling. Continue to date. That's how you fell in love. Continue to date. You're going to say, babe, I want to take you out to eat. And you're going to say, where do you want to go? And she's going to say, anywhere. I don't care. You pick. And then you're going to say, awesome. Let's go here. And she's going to say, anywhere but there. <laughs> Why didn't you just say that to begin with? There's going to be a time you're going to be in the mood to pull through a drive-thru, just a little hungry. Do you want anything? Nah. Are you sure? Do you want anything? No, I don't want anything. Great. I'll have a medium Butterfinger Blizzard. You get that Butterfinger Blizzard, and you order the medium, because that's exactly how much you want it. You get it. You haven't even got the receipt back yet. Can I have a bite? Hold up. I asked you, do you want anything? Your words to me were, no, I don't want anything. My words back were, are you sure you don't want anything? 
Your words back to me were, no, I do not want anything. I'm fine. Now that I have it in my hand, you want a bite. Well, it's just a bite. I'd have ordered a large if I knew I was going to share. You said you weren't. So after you're married long enough, you don't even ask if she wants one. You just order her one and hand it to her. The point being, with a little boy, you don't touch his food. That's a big deal. Can you imagine this little lad? I'll give my lunch to Jesus because Jesus wants it. Now imagine if he had taken a buddy with him or maybe taken somebody he doesn't even know or certainly some girl the same age as him. He ain't sharing with her. But he gave it to Jesus. And Jesus took what he had and blessed it. And now that little lad watches everybody else eat the lunch that he brought. But it's different this time because he's full too. He didn't watch everybody else get full and him go hungry. This is what some Christians need to realize that are still holding something back from God because you're afraid of what you may do without. You're afraid what you may have to sacrifice. This little boy gave everything to Jesus. He gave his whole lunch to Jesus. And not only did everybody else get full off of his sacrifice, he got full too. He was in that crowd too. And when the Bible says when they were all filled, that included the lad that gave his lunch. Friend, you'll never regret giving it all to God. You'll never regret, regret surrendering everything to Him. Because God will take what you give and He will use it to do a miracle in the life of somebody else. But He's not going to let you go hungry. He's not going to let you do without He's going to take care of you in the process. But as you get filled, you get to watch the people around you get filled too. You get to watch them have a blessing too. Oh, to use as an illustration, but we've been in the middle of this campaign and we sacrifice and we're going to give sacrificially so that we can build some buildings that we so desperately need so we can reach some others. And so when those buses roll in, there'll be a classroom for these kids to go and sit in and hear for the first time in their life that Jesus loves them and Jesus died for them. And they'll hear a Sunday school teachers say, I prayed for you this week. I love you. Now, maybe the only time they ever hear anybody express love toward them, let me tell you, some sacrifices are going to have to be made, and some willingness is going to have to be displayed, but if the, you give it to the Lord, He will fill you up, and He'll use your sacrifice to help somebody else. i tell you who the most satisfied people are, the ones who give themselves to God, and God takes the little that they have. God blesses it, then he distributes it. And while we're getting blessed by what Jesus is doing for us, we get the joy of seeing what God is doing in the life of other people. I have not been at this as long as some people have been at this, but I've been at what I'm doing for long enough to see God answer their prayers. To see the labor that goes in. The things that take place behind the scenes that nobody else knows. To see 
that God takes the meager things that you have and say, God, I don't have what I think I need, but I'll give it to you. For him to take it, can I tell you, you're looking at one preacher today that's not sorry he's a preacher. I'm not sorry I've given my life to God. God takes good care of me, and I live a pretty fulfilling life. Part of it is because Jesus takes care of me, and he meets my needs, and he gives me peace and joy and strength. But I get to look around and see that my sacrifice gets to be a help to somebody else. Well, that's the life that is lived when we give to Jesus when they were filled. It means that he included others. And friend, don't, don't believe the lies of the devil when he tells you you don't have anything that God could use. God can use anything and anybody to his honor into his glory. This morning, I, I said to you, he wants to include you in a miracle. Offer your time, your talent, your treasure, and he will use it to fill others. What well, we see in his word, that if you serve him, he will include you in the miracle. It's a wonderful thing. This is a miracle church. We have seen God do miracles. And let me tell you, we have a long heritage of God blessing and God doing miracles. And we're just getting started. And I believe there's greater miracles in the future. And everybody who says... I don't have what everybody, somebody, maybe what somebody else has, but I'm going to give God what I have, and God's going to take that collectively amongst all of us, and He's going to use it beyond our wildest dreams. And there's going to be people in the future, a decade from now, they don't know the sacrifices that were made now. They don't know the stands that have been taken in the years past. They don't know all of that, but they're going to reap the benefits of it. And it's going to be a very satisfying thing to think that it's my sacrifice, my five loaves, my two fishes. Look what God has done for me. But look what he's done with that to use in the life of somebody else. It's a wonderful thing to know that your future is in heaven, isn't it? But isn't it a wonderful thing to know that somebody else might be going there because God included you in his work? I mentioned number four, we're out of time. When they were filled... It proves that Jesus elevates the ordinary. There is not a more common lunch than was offered that day. Five loaves, two fishes. These were not loaves of bread, as we know, that you go down and buy at the grocery store. Little flat cakes. And more than likely... A mother, after gathering that barley, cooked and pressed that down. Said, well, son, if you're going to go, you're going to go see Jesus, you take something to eat with you. Couldn't have taken a more common lunch. And he elevated it. There's a lot of reasons why I think Christians don't see greater blessings in their life, but one of them is they think they have to be special in order for God to use them for something special. I believe there's churches that don't do greater things for God because they just assume they don't have enough. I'm going to remind all of us the only good thing about us is the Lord Jesus Christ. The only reason it's worth even meeting today is because it's around the Lord Jesus Christ. He takes the ordinary... And he elevates it. I, I've heard this before, and 
I'll use this as an example. Pastor, I, I would serve in this capacity or this capacity. But I just don't think that I'm able to do that. I just don't know that God would use me. What do you mean? He uses the ordinary. He uses the common. Boy, I tell you, any man that stands and preaches the Word of God, every man that preaches the Word of God is unworthy to preach the Word of God, is unworthy to even speak the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not the vessel, it is not the the, the, the person who stands and is an instrument of God, it's, it's the message that is preached. And it's an example of, of the fact that God takes the ordinary and He uses it to do extraordinary things. And, and friend, this morning, no matter what you don't have, you have enough for God to elevate you to a greater purpose. It's because He elevates the ordinary. Five barley loaves, two fish. The Lord elevates, the lad was elevated, the lunch was elevated. You know, just to further illustrate this, and we'll close this morning. Five barley loaves, two fishes, common lunch, right? Yet, this miracle is known as the miracle of the five barley loaves, two fishes. You and I, I, many of you were able to go with me last year. We, we went to, been to Israel. We actually, one of the days, went to where somewhere, they don't know exactly where, of course, somewhere on this hillside, Jesus fed 5,000 people. There are restaurants, there's food to choose from, and can I tell you, if I had the choice, and I did have the choice, I didn't buy five barley loaves and two fishes. Why would I? There's other options. But yet, this miracle is known as the miracle of the five barley loaves and two fishes. The point I'm making this morning is Jesus took the common and elevated it. Why don't we give what we have to Him? I hope this message serves two purposes this morning. One, if you've already given and surrendered it all to Him, let Him keep it. He'll use it. Could you imagine if that lad had gone up there and said, I changed my mind. It was the emotional pressure that those disciples put me under. And I got swept up into the invitation to, to give my lunch to the Lord and now that I've had some reasoning and, 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 and I read this post on Facebook, I know this was spiritual manipulation by the Lord and I want my lunch back. Can you imagine if he had done that? The pastor, that's silly. Yeah, it's about as silly. As a child of God today, giving themselves to the Lord when he says, I'll take what you have and I'll elevate it. And say, I think I want it back. You don't need to take it back. You let God do a work with it.
This morning, if there's an area of your life, any area at all that you're holding back from him, when I challenge you this morning to give it to him, so, Pastor, I don't have any extraordinary talent. Aren't you glad then that's not a requirement? So, Pastor, if you, if, you knew, if you knew the kind of home I came from, if you, if you knew my background, aren't you glad that's not a requirement? For God to take the common, the ordinary, and to use it to his honor and glory? Won't you give it to him today? Won't you see what a miracle Christ can do. I'm 47 years of age, and if the Lord tarries His coming, and He doesn't return before my time on this earth is done, I, I want to leave this life being faithful. I have no intention of ever quitting on God. I don't say that with any pride at all. But I say it from the, the viewpoint of, I know how fulfilling it is. There is no life like giving what you have to Him and letting Him make you full. You know, if that lad had kept his lunch, he'd have had something to eat that day. I don't think he'd have been filled, though. When he gave it to Christ, he filled a whole lot of other people, and he himself was filled too. Let's give what we have to the Lord. Father.